Good morning, River Valley. Uh, who here started their card this morning and it didn't want to start? It's just like, like you could tell it was cranking. It didn't want to move its wheels today. It was, no, I was like, okay, it started first try. You like try to put that into gear. There's a lot of friction in that transmission. There was like, no, not today. Yeah, I don't know if you guys felt that. Um, well, good to see you all. Welcome. If you turn with me to Proverbs 2, I'll be just sharing a brief message from there. Proverbs of Solomon, starting at chapter 2, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then will you understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Amen. Right on, Solomon. The reason I wanted to share this passage with you is because I think far too much of the volume that I put my mind down are things I can't control and frustrations that is just beyond my reach. And with the Bible reading that the Pastor John put us all on to, the one year I've been able to focus on his wisdom, his teachings, his understandings, his wisdom that guards our heart. And unless you're actively solving the problems in your life, why dwell on it? The Bible teaches, like, what is it? Profit a man. I can't state it exactly, but I just pray that you guys would spend more of your time and focus on the things of God and what he has for you, rather than the frustrations out of your control. Amen. Could we stand and pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. However cold it is, I pray that you'll just bless this worship and this service. It's in your name I pray. Amen. When Jesus went into the temple that day, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed. There's good news here this morning for those of you who might be oppressed today. To bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, or beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness. Oaks are strong trees, almost nothing takes them down. Um, so 
opening prayer this morning, we were talking about just casting our cares upon the Lord. I feel like if Jesus is within you this morning, this is what he wants to do for you today, to release you from captivity, wherever you're captive or tormented, to open the doors of the blind, to heal you from the inside out because he lives within you, the Holy Spirit want you to just cast it all on him today. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So I believe he even wants to heal you this morning. He wants to deliver you from whatever is holding you captive this morning. This is a God's news of deliverance. This is why Jesus came. Not just to do it for them back then but to do it for us as we've accepted him into our hearts and lives and we're trusting him for everything he has to give this morning so I just pray that you would uh, close your eyes and just think about whatever is holding you whatever is holding you back from being all you want to be all that God wants you to be and to just let it all go this morning because he wants to to do that in us today Thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do in each one individually, that you are a God who ministers individually to each one of us because you love us so very much and you came to do it. You sacrificed your life so we could be free, so we could be free of mourning. We could be free to be glad in the Lord, in the power of his might. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're going to do in each heart this morning, each one who would uh, contemplatively right now come to you expecting whatever it is that they need to be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That just leads right into what I was going to share this morning. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find somebody you know. Why don't you give them a big hug? Spouses are good, probably this is better. Give each other a big hug, warm each other up, because, I mean, it's, it's cold out there. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you. You guys are the hearty ones. You know, congratulate one another for being hearty or foolhardy. I'm not sure which one it is. You know, you go out at this temperature in the morning. My goodness. But it is, we, we do live in Minnesota and Wisconsin, right? I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's going to happen eventually. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That word that uh, Linda just shared is, is actually interesting because, you know, in, the, in talking about the depths of God, talking about the deep things of God, we're going to read some verses here. And the Lord was definitely leading me down a, uh, a path this week, and I, I, I kept ending up in. Uh, in talking about, I'm just going to give you the question up ahead. I'm just going to give you the thought up ahead. You know, we, we talk about the deep things of God, the deep uh, desires that he has for us, the plans he has for us. But it's so easy, and I'm sure if I, when I say this, there's going to be a number of people who identify with this. You go, well, what if I've missed his plan? Oh, oh yeah, at least one person. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But we all do that. I've, I've done that in my life. What if I missed it? What if, what if I somehow missed God's plan? Well, we're going to address that today. And, and with that, then comes healing. Because, because that thought, that, that idea, that, that thing, that, that can hold you in bondage. 
Because everything, if you think you've missed God's plan somehow, if you think that somehow you have uh, missed God's perfect plan, you know, I, 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 maybe I missed the perfect wife. You know, what if, what if Debbie was only like the second best, you know, or whatever? Now just hang on. Don't, I'm not treading because I didn't say I did. I'm just saying, what if a person thought? That's not the truth because, you know, the thing is, God has given me the best. Or has, he's given her the best. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> Hi, sweetheart. They'll tell you later what I said. But, you know, what, we can have that thought. What if we missed God's perfect plan for my life, my, my occupation, my, my education, my, my where I'm going to live? What if I missed it? Well, the thing is, turn to your neighbor and say, you haven't. You haven't. I'm going to show you in the Word today how to, why that's true. 1 Corinthians, that's where we're starting every, every time now, so far here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, begin with verse 9. I'm just going to read a small portion of what we have been reading. It says this, but, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And we've been talking about the depths of God. There are, there are things in God that, that you don't know yet. There are things about God. There's things of God. There's things in God. There's, there are things that, he, that we don't know. That's what these verses are saying. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived. No, nobody here, nobody here. How many of you, I've already given you the answer, but how many of you here know God's perfect will for you five years from now? Four years from now? Three, two, one, three weeks from now? This afternoon, <laughs> yes. We, 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 we're in this walking day by day by faith, and as we walk in this, we're, we're seeking Him, we're following Him, and He's leading us into His perfect will. I was just talking with somebody this last week, and we were talking about what God's done over the past five years, and, and actually they've known me for, for almost 25 years, and we were talking about you know, how God has led us and, and, and what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I said, I, you know, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, I would have never scripted my life right now this way. I would have not even known that I could script it this way. I didn't know. I don't, you know, the thing is, we don't know what we don't know. But God has things planned for you. He still has things planned for you. Listen to me. I want this to go deep in you. He still has things planned for you that you couldn't imagine how amazing it is. And you're thinking, well, wait a second. What if I missed it? You see where the question comes in. I kept coming back to that all week this week. You know, but the, you know, the, what if I missed something? What if, I, what if I did something wrong? What if I made choices in my life that took me away from God's perfect will? Well, we're going to address that straight on today. But the thing is, bottom line, you don't know yet. There are things ahead of you that, are, that, that God has purposed for you to bless you that's going to blow you out of the water. 
But if you wake up every morning, or if you wake up on any given morning, and you think, well, I missed it, so why try? Well, then you will miss it. You'll continue to miss it. All right. So what are the depths of God? I asked that question last week. What are the deep things of God? And and I'm only going to scratch the surface. I'm not going to give you the full list because I don't have a full list. But but I'm going to give I'm, I'm, there's some things even in these verses that that talk about that the what what are the depths of God. So, what are the it is everything that he has planned for those who love him. The deep things of God are the things he has planned for you. You have a life. Now, and, and here's the deal. I'm going to qualify this real quick. Uh, you know, young people, you're at an advantage. You're at an advantage. You haven't made the same dumb mistakes your parents have. Or as many of the day, same dumb mistakes. You know, you, you young people. You, you young, you know, what, what is young? Anyone up to 65 is what I'm thinking. Yeah, oh yeah, well, yep. But but I hear just hang on. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the extra mile here, for all of you over 65, because you know, yeah, you middle agers. Yeah, 65 to 90. Nobody here's over 90, right? I don't think so. I'm looking around. I don't think so. But for everybody else, you it's in those ages where you. Can, I mean, I, I was I was regretting what my, my life choice, choices when I was 30 years old. I mean, I remember, and I'll tell you the story here in just a moment. There was an actual church service where I'm sitting there and I'm just, I'm just lamenting. I'm just going, God, what would I be doing if I hadn't been stupid? What if I, had been, what if I hadn't made those, cho- those choices in college? What if I hadn't made those choices to walk away from you? And, and God's answer to me was powerful. So back to this. Well, you know, what about older people? Because older people can look back at their life and go... What could have happened? What, what could I have been? What could I have done? What, who, who could I have been if I would have just made all the right choices? And the thing is, that's a bondage. Living like that is bondage. Even asking that question can be bondage if you don't have the, the, right, the right answer for it. Because if you literally ask that question, well, what if I would have done this? Or what if I had gone there? Or what if I had done this in college? Or that? In, what if I had made this choice or that choice? What if, what if, what if? That's bondage. Because what it does is it, make, it, it can actually make you fearful to make the next choice. To obey him the next time. Or to not obey him. It can, it can actually paralyze you, and that's where that freedom, praise God for his freedom. He has set us free. He, he's here to, re, to, to free those who are bound up. The world is bound up. Much of the church is bound up. Why? Because you have an enemy who's saying to you every day, you missed it, you missed it, you missed it, you missed it. Because who here has never missed it? And I only raise my hand as a, you know, raise your hand if you've missed it. Because if you ask me, have I ever missed a dub? <laughs> I have witnesses of the times I have missed it in the last 35 years. I have other, yeah, no, no, I don't need help, Dennis, thank you. <laughs> Dennis is going, I watched him miss it too, you know. 
Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for the support. But we've missed it, you know. We, we make bad choices at times. And it, it may not be big, horrible, terrible, rotten sins. It may be just little things. I mean, I still remember uh, when, when I was in the world, when I, was in the, when, I, when I had left God, I was walking, running away from God, running away. You know, I wasn't backsliding. I was running down the hill. And I still remember. I still remember waking up. I had been laid off from my job. I had 13 weeks of unemployment, you know, saved up. And boy, that was big money. I think it was 175 bucks a week. You know, it was in the, eight, in the early 80s, or yeah, early 80s, that would have been a, bit, a lot of money. And a friend of mine was living in Colorado, and he said, hey, he says, if you're, you know, if you're not doing anything for a few weeks, come out, I'll get you a job. And he was working in the ski resorts out in Colorado. Hallelujah. And then, you know, and so I was laid off. Everything was set up. I had, got, I had everything packed. The next morning, I was going to get in my car and drive to Colorado. And the phone rings. And it was my boss. I said, hey, I got something I can, I, can bring, you can, I can bring you back for a week. And I went, you know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If, if, if you don't call me back, call somebody else back. If you don't call me back, I can go to Colorado and blah, blah, blah. And they said, do you want a job or not? Oh, yeah, responsibility. So what did I do? I went to work. And I kicked myself for years. Why didn't I just go? Well, praise God I didn't go. I'd be in a different place. I, you know, the things that happened in my life to bring me back to the Lord. Could he have done it out there? Of course he could. We'll, we're going to talk about that. But here's the thing. I stayed. Because I stayed, because I continued. Where I met my wife, I met my wife at that factory. Oh, be still my heart. She was wearing a hairnet. She had two black eyes. She'd been playing softball with her brother, and she missed the ball, and boom, right in the eyes. She was a babe, man. I mean, she, was, she, she was hot. She still is. Oh, yeah, she's way better than the first time I saw her. I was walking, no, okay, why am I on that story? But the thing is, you know, you make choices and you think, well, if I'd have done this or if I'd have done that or if I'd gone here and I got, you know, yeah, you could do that all day long. It does absolutely no good. God doesn't want you doing that. And he's telling us here in these verses, he goes, he goes no, eye has, no, no, no eye has seen, no ear heard, no, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. The deep things is that, Oh, should I give you the answer early? I, I don't want to. I want to set it all up. But here, I'm going to give you the answer because you'll see it, when I set it up, it fits. He can get you to the perfect. Still. He still can get you to the perfect. He still will get you to the perfect as long as you start to follow. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. It does not matter. What, whoever needs to hear that this morning, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you made. He will bring you to the perfect. Everything that God has prepared for you and for those who love Him, you can't even imagine how good it's going to be in the days ahead. If you put your faith, when you put your faith in Him, when you say, that's it, I'm going to trust that, I, that God is able to fix everything. Man, I'm just getting so far ahead of my notes. 
But if, he, if I can just trust him, that, that if I just trust him that he's going to get me where I need to be, and I put that, my trust in him, and I just let him lead me, and I relax in that, he has every ability to bring you back into the perfect. And I'd even argue that where you're at this moment is perfect. It isn't even that, well, I'm going to have to struggle through the imperfect for a period of time. No, the moment you say, okay, Lord, yes, you're going to be, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to lead me. The moment you say that, you've entered the perfect. So, how do we find that out? How do we find out? How do we, how do, we do that? Well, we talked about it last week, and that's the, you know, the first week I just kind of gave you an overview of, of the deeper things, you know, going into the deeper things of God. Last week I talked about turning aside, making a choice to turn aside. Remember uh, uh, Moses with the burning bush. Remember Peter when uh, Jesus was walking on the water. Uh, Jesus would have kept going by had not, had not Peter said, Hey, is that you, Jesus? Can, you, you know, can I come out to you? His life changed that moment. Because he turned aside. So the first thing we need to do is we need to turn aside. We, need to, we have this path that we're on. We have this path that we're walking down. We have to make a conscious choice to go, I could keep doing that, or I could say, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life, and I'm going to let you lead me from this moment on. Now, you may actually be amazed that you're on the path. You know, there's certain things that, that once you say that doesn't erase everything because if you, whoever you have married is who you've married. You stay with that person. Well, what if it wasn't, what if she wasn't the perfect one? I, years ago, I was doing a thing on marriage and I was talking, I gave the story about how Deb and I met and, and just the, 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 the providence of God, how he directed us. And I, and I don't have time to tell the story, but it was awesome. I mean, you know, it's going to be a great uh, a Hallmark movie someday. Um, and, uh, but it was just this providence of God. And, and uh, I, you know, I talked about it and I said, so I know, I know, I know that Deb is the perfect woman for me. I had a guy from the church, he doesn't go to church here anymore, uh, walked up to me, he goes, I met my wife at 2 o'clock in the morning at a bar. She was the last one there. I said, she's the perfect one. Well, but I made bad choices. I like, God redeems that. If that's the one you married, then that's the one you married. You stay with that one. You don't get to trade. You don't get to trade. Well, you shouldn't trade. I mean, I guess you can. But then there's those bad choices again. <laughs> you know, that just, hello. God can absolutely redeem. Absolutely, 100% redeem. All right. Turn with me to Ephesians, because I want to show you another place where it talks about this very thing. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Begin with verse 17, because we just, we just read in 1 Corinthians that says, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart, nor the heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him. Ephesians says the same thing. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 17, says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height 
and the depth. Here he is talking about again. He said there is the, just one person can't completely comprehend the height, the width, and the breadth of God. That's why we need each other. I need, I need to interact with you. By interacting with other people, with Christians, I, in, in walking in love, I learn more about God. By just being with you, by interacting, by you having to walk in love with me and me having to walk in love with you. There's something about the body of Christ that you, you know, people say, can I be a Christian and not go to church? Well, you can be saved and not go to church. I mean, the thief on the cross didn't go to church, but he was saved. But did he grow in his, did he grow in his Christianity? Did he grow in that? No, he just like died. Sure, you can do it. Can you, be a, can you be a believer in Jesus Christ on a desert island? Absolutely. Can you be a believer in Jesus Christ in a, in a solitary cell? Absolutely. But you're not going to grow to the level that you will if you're hanging around with believers. Because you're going to be challenged. There's things about God, there's things about the depths of God that you guys know that I don't know. And there's things that I know that you don't know. And as we share that, as we walk through this together, we go, wow. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I did not fully understand, and I still don't fully understand, but I did not understand love to the level that I understand it now until I had a wife. I thought I understood what love was. I thought, I mean, I love, oh, warm, fuzzy, hey. But, but love, I mean, I, I loved my wife when I married her. But I'll, I, I, I'm going to tell you, this is, you know, this is very sensitive for me, so just go on, be nice to me. One day, we were about a year into marriage, and, and uh, I was working. It was a hot day, man. It was hot. It was, I was sweating. I had worked all day, and uh, Debbie had worked in a, in a daycare, and she had come home early. She walked to and from to, uh, to work, so she was tired, and so... And the only place our apartment that was cool was the floor. It was a basement floor. I walked in the ba- I walked into the basement that morning or that afternoon. I opened the door and Debbie was sleeping on the floor in our in our living room, and and I look at her and she's sleeping. And I went, I just I fell in love all over again. She didn't say anything. She didn't. She was sleeping. And all of a sudden, I just. Oh. I, just, I was like, man, I love that woman. I didn't understand that that level of love existed until you deal with other people. Then, again, I didn't understand the love. I didn't understand another level of love until I had kids. I mean, you'd, you know, I understand God now. You know that you can be ticked at your kids and still love them. I didn't know that until I had kids. Two of them. Who gave me opportunity to be mad at them. Because <laughs> they're people. They're kids. But you love them. You give your life for them. And then, now grandkids. Oh my gosh. I mean, there are some things I just don't really super enjoy. I mean, I just don't, you know. But then my grand, granddaughter walks up and goes, 
Papa up. <laughs> done, you know, done. What do you want? You know, I'll give you more than half my kingdom. I'll give you everything. You get everything. People, it's that relationships. It's those relationships that when we do that, we learn the depths, the heights, the wits, the breadth. I didn't know what love was until I started hanging out with you guys. I mean, back, back when I came out of the world, I didn't trust anybody. I didn't like people. Because everybody, even my friends, would lie, steal, and kill, and cheat. They would, I caught my friends one time stealing stuff out of my car. Friends. Friends. I walk outside, and, I, and we're, I'm walking out of a party, and there's people rifling through my car. What, what the heck? I thought it was, it, was it was my friends. I didn't like people. I didn't trust anybody. No one. And then I come back to the Lord, and I was just like, it's just you and me, God, because I don't trust. You know, and then you meet Christians, and they're weird. I mean, they're just weird. And there's some Christians that, that are, you know, they're not scrupulous. They're not honest. They're not, you know, and so you meet one of them, or five of them, or 50 of them, and you go, what's, what, what, what chance do we got here? So it's just like, it's you and me, God, I'm, I'm in, but I don't want to hang out with Christians. I don't want to, you know, and I was at a meeting, and I was sitting way in the back like I usually did, and this guy, they, they, the pastor said he was a prophet, and I went, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, whatever that means. You know, I don't know what that means. And this guy starts preaching, and he was a, he was a, uh, uh, he's from Missouri. His name was Laddie McDonough. Everybody ever, anybody ever heard the name Laddie McDonough? Yeah, he's not—he's not super famous, but he was. But in certain circles, you know, he's very well known. But he was preaching that <clears throat> that day, and he starts preaching about heaven, and all of a sudden, heaven came down. I mean, it was powerful. I mean, I just—I sat there in awe. I'm like, who is this guy? Power of God, the w- wisdom, just—and he was just talking about heaven. And then after he got done, he started calling people out and giving words. I'm like, well, this is weird. I'd never seen that before. <clears throat> and just, you know, give you the, the full scope of it. He talked like this. Sound like a farmer from Missouri. And love of God. You know, God loves you. You just does. I'm not making fun. That's how he sounded. That's exactly how he sounded. Yeah, I'm just talking you. So he's, he's calling people out, giving them words. <clears throat> Excuse me. All of a sudden, he goes, he goes I think I'm done. I went, okay. So I'm, okay, that's cool. And he goes, what, wait, wait. He says, you. You in the back row. Yeah, you with the flannel. I'm like, crap. <laughs> that's me. And there was a girl sitting next to me. It was a, a girl from a Bible study. She had, we had gone there together. And he goes, is that your wife? And I went, no. He goes, well, you just come up here yourself. Went up there, and he goes, can I pray for you? And I was like, sure, I don't mind. And he starts praying, and he says, he goes, Father, I pray that you'll teach this man how to love. You'll show him what love is. Because, Lord, you know and I know he doesn't trust anybody. I mean, he read my mail. I mean, it was, I could, you know, the whole, the prayer was quite long, and he read my mail. And he says, he gets all done, he says, amen, he steps back and he goes, young man, he says, I just want to let you know, God's taking you. 
He's taking you to a place where you're going to learn to love. And my thought was, yeah, right. I didn't trust anybody. This is before I met my wife. This is before a lot of things happened. Two years, three years later, I end up at Communion of Saints Church in River Falls, Wisconsin. And the people there weren't perfect. Were you? Were you guys? You guys weren't perfect. They, they weren't perfect. But man, I learned to love. God changed me. Because it's people. It's, you have to deal with people. You have to, you know, it's this process. People can hurt you and people will hurt you. And the closest people in your life will hurt you. But, but here's the thing. You, you learn to walk in love in that way and you go deeper. I understand now that I can be an idiot and God still loves me. I can screw up big time. I mean, I can really, really screw up and he loves me. How do I know that? Because he's told me to love others when they've screwed up, when they've hurt me, when they've said things, done things. And God is saying, I love you like that. I'm, I learn a new depth of love, a new depth of, of, of kindness. Because God says, I loved you first. This is how I want you to treat others. But you have to walk through it to learn it. To really understand where the, the boundaries are, and, and we're still in it. We're still there. Verse 19. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses all not well surpasses knowledge. The King James says surpasses all knowledge. The love of Christ, the love of God, surpasses all knowledge. You don't know. You can't possibly understand yet how much God loves you. Verse 19, and to know the the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This whole process is so that you can know God and you can be filled with the fullness. Now here's the deal. Will you know everything and the fullness and the complete, absolute everything about God by the day you die? No. There's more. And we're going to get there and go, whoa. We just scratched the surface here. We live in a fallen world. We live in, a, in an imperfect world. We're, we're created by, by, by sin being in us. We are created, uh, we were created, or not, he didn't create us, but we were born into sin. We were born into imperfectness. The thing is, now that we're born again, we actually have a chance now to get it. But we have to submit to it, and we have to go through it. <laughs> Verse 20. <clears throat> Here's that same thing as 1 Corinthians 2.9, where it says, no, What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 20 says almost the same thing, just in a different way. It says, Now to him who is able to do more 
abundantly than all that we ask or think or according to the power at work within us. He is able to do more. He's able to show you more. He's able to fulfill more. You can't imagine what God has planned for you tomorrow. As long as you allow Him to. As long as you let Him lead you. As long as you turn aside and make the choice, I'm going to go with Him. I'm going to do this. I want to go deeper with Him. I'll, Lord, wherever you lead me, I'm going to follow. I'm going to try to follow. And then where I can't do it, where I'm not going to be able to do it in my own strength, you need to help me. I pray that all the time. I literally do, man. I pray all the time. Lord, I don't know what, what, where I'm walking into, but I don't understand all of it. I need your help. Help me, Lord. That's a prayer. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about, you want to talk about prayers that we pray all the time? One of the prayers I pray all the time is help me, Lord. Help me. Help me to walk in this more. Help me to love more. Help me to, to obey more. Help me. Help me. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, back to that question that I kept coming back to all week long. What if I've missed it? What if I've missed it? Now, I've given you a bunch of answers ahead of time, but I want to solidify it now. What if I missed it? What What if I made wrong choices? What if I made a wrong choice in college or high school or What if I made a wrong choice in jobs? What if I made a wrong choice in whatever? What if I've screwed up? Well, let me just ease you here. You have. You've made wrong choices. I want to read a verse that uh, was, was prayed over us, over Debbie and I, many, many years ago, long before kids. This was back when we were... And, and it was one of the times that I was really struggling with choices that I had made. Joel... The book of Joel, chapter 2. Joel, chapter 2, begin with verse 25, or just verse 25. This is God speaking to the Israelites, but He's speaking to you this morning from this. He spoke to us that morning as this person prayed this over us. He said, I will restore Everybody say restore. 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 What does restore mean? What does restore mean? That means he's going to give it back even though it's gone. Even though it's completely gone. Even though it is unattainable for you to get it back, restore means he's going to restore. Now, if you if you take an old piece of furniture that's that's been you know abused and beat up and you know left outside or left in a bed, whatever, and you restore it, you bring it back to a state that it either was before or better. Restore. He's speaking to Israel. He's speaking to you. He says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. God had taken Israel into, into captivity. He had let the land lay fallow. He just everything. They had made wrong choices. They made they were sinning. It was sin. And he's like, you can't keep doing that. I'm taking you out of here. You're going to give the land its its rest. 
for 70 years, so on. But, but here, here he's saying, and he said it through many prophets, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to restore back to you all the years that the locusts have eaten. All, you know, and the, the King James, I love the King James, it's the canker worm and the palmer worm. When I heard that the first time, I thought, what the heck is a canker worm and a palmer? It's locusts, okay? <laughs> just so you know, it's, just, it's very simple. And it's a cutter. What's the other one? Hopper. The hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter. Things that, things that destroy. The, the, the locusts used to come in, and they'd eat all the crops. They'd eat all the vegetation. They'd eat He's saying, even though it's all gone, I'm going to restore it to you. Even though it has been a scorched earth policy in your life. I don't know who you are. I don't know all the, all the things. But if in your life you have screwed up so bad, so bad, it is completely unrecognizable. He can restore it. This was, this was prayed over us. And man, you have no idea how much that helped me. Because I knew what I was struggling with in, in that moment when this person prayed this over us. And it helped me. It's, it set us free. You know, it helped me. to. But that wasn't the last time I struggled with it. A number of years later, I was actually the youth pastor at the church in uh, that time, then it used to be a communion of saints, they, then it became abundant life. So I was the youth pastor at uh, Abundant Life. And I remember right where I was sitting in the auditorium, I was sitting right over about there. I wasn't in the back, but I was, you know, but I was over there. Debbie and I are sitting there, and, and, and Pastor Kevin is preaching on uh, the plan of God for your life. He was talking about the plan of God and all these great things, and if you just follow and obey, it's going to be amazing. And, and it took, you know, that the beginning of that took me toward a dark place. Because I started sitting there and I go, Lord, where would I be? Where would I be if when I went to college and the guys asked me if I wanted to go do this instead of doing what I was supposed to be doing, that I had said no? Where would I be? Where would I be if I had never done that? What if I, where would, Lord, what would I be doing right? And I started, it's just this process. And I started running through all of the stupid choices I made for years. Systematic choices. Systematic. Built one on top of the other. Built, I, I mean, not just, you know, oh, I, I made a mistake. I made one mistake. No, I mean, thousands. Daily. You know, mistakes daily that add up over time. I mean, some really, 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 really bad choices. Choices that hurt me. Choices that hurt others. I mean, I wish there's people, I don't even have no idea where they are. I wish I could go say I'm sorry to them. Because I made, I made choices, conscious choices, to do evil. And I'm going, Lord, gosh, what would I be doing? And in my mind, I actually even formed kind of a, a picture that, you know, here's God's path for my life. Here's, here's God's plan for my life, and it's just this straight line right, you know, right into oh, whatever it is. You know? But every day I started making another bad choice, and another bad choice, and another bad choice, and more bad choices, and more bad choices. So here's, here was God's plan for my life, and here I am way over there somewhere. Where finally, by the grace of God, finally, finally, He finally got my attention, showed me how bad I, what, what, I'm, what state I was in, 
and I repented. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I get the whole story. I mean, I really get the whole story of the, of the prodigal son where he sat there and he goes, you know, maybe, de- maybe I can go home and just eat you know, the food that the, my servant, maybe I can be a servant for my dad. Because I, I there was no way in the world I could have ever imagined that, that God would want me back fully. And Satan told me all the time, well, you might be in today, but you're going to blow it again. You may be in now, but you know, it's inevitable. And I literally had found myself, I thought, in my head, so far from the perfect will of God for my life, that how can it work? And then, then Pastor Kevin read a verse much like that, that he is a restorer. God is a restorer. God restores. And in the moment that he read that, I still remember sitting there with my eyes closed, and I have this picture of God's perfect will for my life and where I, where I took myself, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I mean, I'm just lamenting. I'm feeling horrible. I'm, I'm just beat up. And I said one last time, I said, God, where would I be if I hadn't made any of those bad choices? And the, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you'd be sitting right there right now. You'd be sitting right there, right now. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you'd be sitting right here, right now. I don't know how it works. That is one of the things. You know, people want to know why doesn't everybody get healed? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask questions. I want to know how does it all work? With everybody making all the choices that we make, all the millions and billions of people on the earth making all, how does God get his will fulfilled? How does he, how does he do it? Because he's God. And there's things we don't know about him yet. He told me that day, I just, it just blew up at me. I just, he goes, you'd be sitting right there, right now, doing what you're doing right now. And I was like, I don't understand. But I don't have to understand. I just have to accept it. And I was, it wasn't that morning, but I, I, was, med, I was meditating on it, and, and I was thinking about all of the things, you know, everything that happened that morning, I'm praising God for it. I'm like, okay, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but thank you. I'm glad I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm glad I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. Thank you, Jesus. But I, I don't get it. I made all these, you know, start, you know, oh, but I made this choice. You know, you can go back to rehearsing those dumb things again. And get yourself back into, into bondage. <laughs> and I asked the question. I'm just being honest. I'm, today's, a, today's a be honest day. I said, Lord, if I had never made a wrong choice, if I had never made a bad choice, if I had never screwed up, where would I be? I love God. He said, you'd be sitting at my right hand. Let it sink in. (laughs) There's only been one. There's only been one who's never screwed up. There's only been one who did it all right. And he came anyway, so that we'd have at least a chance. At least be eligible to be restorable. You have not gone too far. You haven't screwed up. Your life is not a waste. You're not, your life is not where you are right now. 
I don't understand it. I wish I, could, I, wish I understood the algorithm. Because I'm sure there is one for you geeks out there. Yeah, I know, I know. You just see every once in a while, i got to throw... I don't understand algorithms. I don't. I, just, I know that if I say it, people go, oh, yeah, I understand what you say. I don't understand how he does it, but he does it. But you have to believe he does, and you have to let him heal you of that process, of that, of that pain, because there is pain associated with disobedience. There's pain in you, there's pain in others. Do you know that God can restore relationships that are completely lost? Completely lost. Completely lost and crushed and destroyed and burned over. There was a guy that I used to work with in the factory. Back when, before I was in the Lord, before I, before I was being obedient or anything, he was an old Navy guy. He was in World, or he was in, uh, 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 I don't think he was in Korea. He was, I think it was early Vietnam. Because he wasn't that old. He was old to me. I mean, he was just, you know, he was probably 45. No, I don't, I don't know. No, he was probably 50 or older. But here's the deal. He was this old guy, and he was, he was curmudgeoning, man. He, just, he snapped at everybody, snarled at everybody. So I thought, well, okay, I'll, at least I'm going to have fun with this. So I'd pick on him. I'd mess with him. Can't remember his name now. Wish I could remember his name, but he he always he had this yeah he just he only walked around like this and I'd just be mean to him because it was fun because he you know working in a factory working in a job site or whatever guys are guys okay guys know what I'm talking about you know there's just something fun about picking on somebody and making them mad because then they 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 get mad and then they I had one guy <laughs> I had one guy. This guy, his name was John. I remember the name. You know, his name was John. John w- was about this tall, and I'm not kidding. He was like 6'9", 6'10". This guy was gargantuan. But, and, I mean, he was, but he also was really, really slow. And he talks like this. He always talks like this. John. And, and he just, and, but he was really slow. But, it, I mean, he was a nice enough guy. But I'd pick on him. I'd, I'd tease him. And, and one day, I, so I was driving forklift. He was driving forklift. And I, was, I would take my loads and I would box him in where he couldn't get out of the room he was in. And, and now, in, real, in reality, that where I put it is, a, is generally where I could have put it. I just made sure he couldn't get out. And, and then I would bury him like six rows deep so he couldn't get out. And I was at one far end of the warehouse, probably 150 feet or, or 150 yards. or This is a long warehouse. And all of a sudden, I hear him going, Where's Nito? Where's Nito? I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And I start laughing. Because he just, and he, and he walks over to the foreman. And he and he walks the other way, and the foreman comes up, and he goes, I have no idea what you just did. But stop. Whatever it is. I like picking on people. I just, you know, I still tease people, but I try not to be mean anymore. You know? So, this guy didn't like it when I teased him. He'd get mad. He'd yell and scream, swear at me, and then I'd yell and scream and swear back at him. And then he would, and it just kept building, 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 building. And then all of a sudden, God messes with me, brings me back into relationship with, with God, and I have to live different. And this guy had no reason to live different. <laughs> so he kept hating me. 
And I mean, he hated me. And I'm sitting there, and I can't hate him anymore. I can't. I, I had to walk in love towards him. I'm reading verses, and God's saying, you're going to walk in love with him. I'm like, I don't know how. I mean, the guy was vicious, vicious, mean. I mean, he never punched me. He didn't dare. He was smaller than me. But, but he was just mean. He'd say things. I mean, vile. I mean, do you want to talk about vile language? You know, people, I still have people around. Every once in a while, I'll go, you know, they'll swear in front of me. And they'll go, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, I'm so sorry, yeah. It's like if you make up a new swear word someday, you know, you might shock me, but don't worry about it. This guy was vile, he was mean, and, I'm, and he's just attacking me, and I just have to walk away. And I say, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Why aren't you going to do that anymore? Then I, well, because I'm a Christian now. Oh, talk about flipping the switch. Now, now it was a game. Could he get me so mad that I'd lose it? And he would push and push, weeks and weeks and weeks of just, whenever he had a chance, just push, push. And I'm reading verses about, no, you, you know, love him, love, you know, walk in love, you know, forgive your enemies, forgive those who despitefully use you. And, but God was using that to deal with me, to learn how to walk in love. And then one day, one day I'm reading through the Bible, and I read the verse that says, when, when, when you are in the Lord, when I don't remember the verse, I just, this is a story, I didn't have time to research, it's in there. When you're in the Lord, even he'll make even your enemies love you. And I went, I claim that verse right there. I want that verse for him, that verse right there. And I just started claiming it. I just started saying, okay, Lord, you said that I, I, I'm in you, and so you make even my enemies love me. Lord, I claim that. I want, I want to have a relationship. I want to forgive, I forgive him. I, I want to have a relationship. I want to be able to speak life to him. I want to be able to speak Jesus to him. But there was no relationship. And over the next year, I had to walk it out. We walked it out. We, you know, Lord walked it out through me and just walked it out, walked it out. By the time I left there, he and I would sit and have lunch together. And I, and I shared the Lord with him many times. It, God can do it. He can restore even the worst relationships that are completely, there's no reason for him to, to have wanted to have a relationship with me. Except God wants to restore friendships. He wants to restore families. He wants to re restore. He is a restore. Now that's more than, you know, and more, more than likely a number of you have somebody that you're thinking about right now where that relationship has been destroyed. And he's going to tell you, he's, he, there's, that's deeper. Going deeper in him is, is, is having something restored that was completely lost. <laughs> Impossible for you to do it, but it's, it's absolutely possible for God. Watch him do it. Start believing for that. Lord, that relationship. I have somebody in my life. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in 30 years. And just recently I've said, Lord, I want, I want that relationship restored. I want that relationship. Not that we have to be best friends. But I don't, you know, the Bible says if, you, if anyone has anything against you, leave your, you leave your offering at the altar and, and go make it right. Well, I've tried, but they have, they have no desire. This isn't anybody who lives around here. You have no idea who they are. I mean, this is somebody so far back in my memory. But it's like, I want, I want that relationship restored. Because I want that person to walk in the fullness of the things of God. 
That's deeper. That's a deeper thing that you can't do. it. You can't even imagine how He's going to do it. But we need it. We need that restored. I'm going to read one, one more set of verses. You guys know this, these verses. It'll be up on the screen. You don't even have to go there. Maybe make a note. As soon as I say it, you're going to go, oh, I know exactly what he's going to say. Jeremiah 29, beginning with verse 10. Jeremiah 29.10 says, for, the, for thus saith the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. He will restore. That's what Joel was talking about. He's going to restore them back to the land of Israel. But then we have verse 11. And he's, and he's talking, yes, he's talking to the Israelites in the, in the captivity, but he's also talking to you. He's talking to me. He's saying, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That's, that's how we go deeper. We have to seek him with our whole heart. We have to make the choice to, to go, okay, okay, God, this means so much to me. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go there. I want that relationship restored. I want, I want that, uh, that, that area in my life that I thought I made up so, made so many bad decisions that I could never do that, go there, be that. Whatever it is, you, you have to make that choice that, okay, God, I want you so much, and if you, want to, if, you could, if you want to restore that in my life, I'm in. And then you let him do it. You let him do it. I, I wish I could write. I wish I could write down every, you know, step by step how I how how that relationship was restored. I, I can't. There's nothing, you know. There's things that are outside of your control, but it's not outside His control. You have no idea the things that God wants to do for you. And I'm just today. It just happens to be about relationships, but really, those are kind of the most important things when it deals with other people. Calls of God on your life. Plans and purposes, things you've wanted to accomplish, things that he wanted you to accomplish. All of the things you think, well, it's been too long. No, it hasn't. Absolutely, it has not been too long. This week, I was just, as I was meditating on this, I, I thought of, you know, Colonel Sanders didn't start Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was in his 60s. You could probably name others. That's the only one I could think of. <laughs> But there, there's a lot of things that older that that didn't even people didn't even start until they were what everybody would say time for retirement, time to relax, time to just hang it up. No, if if you're still breathing, you can fulfill what God has planned for you, and you can and you can fulfill it completely. You just have to let Him do it. You have to believe that He can, and that He will, and then let Him do it. Let him do it. Let him restore you. Let, let him restore those things that, that Satan is telling you is, is, is unrestorable. What Linda shared this morning is, is, is powerful. Jesus came. Jesus came. He came to restore what was lost. I mean... When Adam and Eve ate that apple and, and, and all sin, sin entered the earth, and, and people ever since that day perishing and, and destruction and, and horror and everything else. But then in the middle of it, Jesus comes and he restores the ability to do it right. 
And then he gives you the ability by the Holy Spirit to do it right. We just need to let him do it. Amen? So let's pray. I'm going to just put your notes down, but you know, relax a little bit, close your eyes. I want you to, because as I've shared what I've shared today, I know, I know God was, was pushing some buttons in you. He's been pushing new buttons in me this, this morning. So I know it's happening in you. And I just want to say these things over you. I, just, I'm, I want to pray these, these things over you. He says that he will restore the things that the canker worm and the palmer worm have eaten. Things that are eaten, chewed up, digested, and gone. He wants to restore those things in you. Father, I lift up every person here, everyone who's listening, everybody online, every, whatever those things that, that when, you, when they think about it, there's regret. Those things that whenever they, whenever those things, those things that they think about or they, 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 that Satan brings up and it brings, it, it brings shame. Those things that, are, that, that, that control and, and, and manipulate and those things that burden people down and, and they can't seem to move forward. Father, all of those things stand no ability to, to withstand the love of God. So Father, I pray that each and every person in the sound of my voice receives that love. Receives that forgiveness. Receives that understanding that they have not gone too far. They have not screwed up too big. They have not messed up too far. That you are more than able to restore them back to the per- your perfect will, even in a moment. Father, I release, we release all those things that, that are weights on us. Your word says that, that we're, to, we're to cast off those weights that so easily beset us. And these are those kind of things. These are some of those things. It's not just sin. It's those regrets. It's those fears. It's those, uh, those, those things that hold us back from fully believing that you have, that you have restored us. You did it at the cross. But we have to walk in it. We have to believe it. So Father, I pray for that, those burdens to be removed right now in Jesus' name. I pray for those, those things that weight people down to be loose right now and they're free in Jesus' name. Take author- I take authority over those things and I say you get off of them right now. You get off of me, you get off of them. They're free. They're free to walk in the fullness of your call. The depths, the depths, the depths of the things that you have planned for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.